podcast I've ever done. I'm going to deal with the charges against Mike Bickle, who is a longtime friend. And uh, this is a matter that's been all over the news. It's been something that I haven't really known how to report because I was just stunned by these charges. I've known Mike Bickle since the 1980s. Over the years, we've become good friends, both his wife, Diane, and my wife, Joy. And I've never seen anything Nothing in his life that would hint at a double standard. Yet leaders at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City have asked him to step down from leadership, not teach, not to go on social media and so forth, uh, while they're investigating charges of clergy sexual abuse. And they have called for a third-party uh, investigator, um, I'm not clear where that stands exactly, but I just finished an opinion piece that we're going to run on Charisma News later today in which I applaud them for doing this. There needs to be an investigation. The truth needs to come out. These are very serious allegations, uh, especially someone as high profile as Mike Bickle. Uh, People who are involved in this kind of thing are often hurt. Even people who are in the pew, so to speak, are hurt when these kind of charges come, and we need to get to the truth. When I first found out, I said, oh, no, not Mike, too. I didn't know. I just didn't know. But some things have come to me that make me think that there's another side, and that's the purpose of the opinion piece I wrote and also the purpose of what I'm talking about now. And basically it's this. There are apparently eight women uh, there who are not named, but two of them have come public and said it's not true. And one of them is Misty Edwards. She's uh, probably the best known of all the worship leaders. She's been at IHOP for 25 years. And I have here a, something she posted on Facebook uh, she says, I'm very sad. It's been a sorrowful week. My eyes are swollen with tears. I'm not commenting on any of the women's a uh, allegations regarding Mike Bickle. How however, I want to make it clear that I am not one of them. I have worked with Mike for 25 years in my personal experience. He has only been godly. I have been sent several social media posts speculating differently, and I want to boldly say those are lies and entirely based on suspicion. I have never been sexually or spiritually abused by Mike Bickle. And there was another one by a, uh, I know Misty, I don't know her well, well, real well, but I've known her for years. This other one uh, is from a lady named uh, April Rose. She also posted on Facebook. This was sent to me by someone who I do know really well and believe. I have not been able to contact this woman to verify it. Um, but the headline says, I am not a victim. And she she's, says she's, she starts by saying that she's stewing over the fact that her name was included. She said it was over secondhand hearsay of several years ago that some former leaders came to her and wanted to use her experience. She said, don't do it. They went ahead and did it anyway. 
And uh, in my article, I uh, quote it, and also I will have a link to the entire thing. It's rather long. She gets, uh, she gets very specific. She criticizes some of these leaders by name. A few of these leaders I know over the years I've gotten to know some of the leaders when I've gone up to the International House of Prayer uh, in Kansas City. I've been there at least half a dozen times over the years. And full, dis- uh, for full disclosure, I have personally supported that ministry and Mike Bickle uh, since it started in 1999. They've had 24-7 uh, worship and prayer They don't even miss when there's an ice storm or a snowstorm or some other kind of thing that would normally shut everything down. They they figured out a way to kind of keep it going, even in those kind of situations. Holidays, everything. And I just felt that it was very important. They've always stood for righteousness. Um, There's always been a real devotion for Jesus. In fact, Mike Bickle's book, probably his most famous book, is called Passion for Jesus, And this is always the kind of thing that he has exemplified. So it's been very hard for me to believe it's true. I want to say clearly it could be true. I'm personally choosing to believe my friend. I immediately reached out to him via email when I first heard about this. Somebody sent me a a link to an article in, in the Kansas City newspaper And I haven't heard from Mike. He has a long history of not defending himself. Uh, He's been uh, charged with things. Usually it's people who don't like his view of revelation or his understanding of the charismatic gifts, such as uh, prophecy and so forth. But he has always chosen not to defend himself, and that's the same thing he's doing now. I have several... uh, contacts at Kansas in Kansas City. I have been texting them. And uh, the people I have talked to seem to be standing with Mike pending the outcome of this investigation. Uh, this does need to go forward. The truth needs to come out. We need to not gloss over it, and we need to not also assume that it's true. That's what secular people do with the Me Too movement. You know, if a man was charged, he, you know, sadly, most of the people, maybe nearly all the people, were guilty of what they were charged with. But that's not always the case. Remember in the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph. He was charged by Potiphar's wife and ended up in prison um, because he was falsely accused. That can happen. There are church fights. There are disagreements with leaders and so forth um, that happened. Uh, There are people who have their own um, agendas. I'm not saying these people do. In fact, the leaders that I have met in Kansas City have always been godly people, and they always seem very impressive. But it is beginning to be seen, especially with what um, April Rose says, that she believes that there are people who have an agenda. I don't know that to be true. But when we're looking at this, and the media always you know, jumps on these kinds of stories. In fact, I have a friend who says that um, uh, he believes that this is failure porn. I mentioned this in my op-ed. I'd never heard of that expression, but it's basically people that would you know, good Christian people that would never in the world look at porn, that when someone fails, 
they're, they gravitate to it like a porn addict would look at porn, all the salacious details and so forth. We can't do that. At the other hand, I realize that there have been a lot of people that you would never suspect of having a private uh, double life do. And until this investigation is out and Mike's name is cleared, as I hope it is, we have to realize that there's always two sides. And I don't want anything I'm saying to make it sound like I'm glossing this over because I'm not. This is very, very serious. But also, let's consider this. Mike Bickle had this vision. He's been a Christian leader, really. He's been nationally known since he was in his 30s. Um, he's been a part of a lot of good things that have happened. Most recently, he rallied in the month of May 5 million people to fast and pray for Israel. And uh, he had no way of knowing, of course, that this war with Hamas would happen. And to think that he had that kind of influence that people, not just in the United States, but all over the world, me included, would agree to fast and pray for Israel. And I believe that there's something spiritual going on. Isn't it interesting that right at the same time that Hamas is attacking Israel, that Mike is getting attacked in really the worst attack he's had in his entire life? He's built a great ministry there. It's worth millions of dollars. But yet he is a very humble man who early in his career, I mean, I know this is his friend and he's written about it, he's talked about it, felt that he should have a humble lifestyle. I've been in his home. He lives in a duplex within walking distance of their ministry. He drives a very modest secondhand car. There are a lot of ministry leaders that when the ministry prospers, they prosper along with it. That is not necessarily wrong. It can be wrong, but it's not. I'm just saying that Mike said when he was young that he would live this simple lifestyle, and he's kept to it. He's devoted. He's in their prayer room all the time. I know he's been a guest in my home many times. When I get up to get a cup of coffee, he's already been up an hour or so praying, studying, I mean, this is just his lifestyle, and he didn't do it as a show for me. The, over the years as he's been in our home, I've seen it. We sit around uh, the kitchen table. We don't talk about politics or sports. We talk about the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation. I mean, he lives this stuff. People, you know, he also is a guy with a sense of humor, and he, he loves the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's, he, in his earlier years, he was an athlete, and... Uh, in fact, I like to tell this story about him. This is entirely off uh, the subject, but his father was an Olympic athlete in the 1954 Olympics in Helsinki, Finland. I'd never met anyone whose father was in the Olympics, but you know, his father was an athlete. Mike was an athlete. He loves uh, sports. Uh, he's, uh, he's just a regular guy, but he is also someone who has a real passion for Jesus. And we have to understand that if... And I say, I make this point that if the, and the enemy is going to attack any of us, and if he can't get us off with liberal theology or compromise in other areas or compromise with money, he's, 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 he's going to attack us, even if it's with falsehoods. Um, but these two ladies, uh, Misty Edwards and um, 
April Rose, said that their involvement was false. April Rose said she told these people, don't use my name, but they did it anyway. Now, in the, uh, I have a copy of the editorial. We haven't put it online yet, but we will within the next couple of hours. And um, I want to read something toward the end about spiritual lessons that we can learn. And these lessons came from Malachi O'Brien. He is a, uh, an up-and-coming leader that uh, is, people are starting to talk about. Um, I, I met him only a couple of months ago. I've had quite a bit of interaction with him. And because I knew he was a part of the IHOP KC family, I, I reached out to him to just get his read on what was happening. Like, is it possible that this is true? I found that his stance is very much like mine. He loves Mike. He hopes it's not true. He can't see that it's true. But he feels that the process needs to work through. This investigation needs to happen. The truth needs to come out. And we need to be concerned about anyone who's been victimized. But he put this on X, formerly called Twitter. He put, did it on Sunday. I didn't actually talk to him till yesterday. But it is so good that I got his uh, permission to use it. He's, and he wrote this. What has come out recently does not discredit the prayer 24-7 movement, the labor of IHOPKC and the thousands of faithful missionaries and tens of millions of people who have been impacted by Mike Bickle, the worship from IHOPKC, the miracles, the prophetic promises, the innumerable hours of prayer. There are some who will use this moment for their gain and do I told you so. And uh, Malachi is saying that they shouldn't do this. He also says that he lives with the insane hope that Jesus is faithful and people are not. Hope that God blesses his word and work and his work because of what he desires to do in the earth. His blessing has more to do with his character than character of leaders. On the other side of pain is a beautiful promise this situation hurts me, and he's speaking of himself internally. All that means that I'm human, and you are too. If someone like this causes you to doubt your faith, that means a man has been placed in an idolatrous pedestal in our lives. The tension of innocence until proven guilty and the need to validate and care for the victims of any and all abuse is something that we have to consider. Mike has denied the allegations. Uh, Malachi is writing this. I don't know that to be true, and I need to check this out before I put it in my, in my article. And I choose to believe um, that he deserves the benefit of the doubt, and I fully believe credible accusations must be taken seriously, and victims deserve it to be taken seriously and helped in all ways. We must never victimize the victims with our words. They need to safely share without repercussions and character assassination. And I'll just add that I hope that what I've said so far in making this point several times shows that I do have concern for the victims. I don't know who they are. Their names have not been released. They're confidential. 
except for the, the two women who self-identified themselves. Then he makes this point. We need deliverance through wisdom, a view in all situations through a higher perspective. What does the Father think, feel, and see in this situation? When God, what God wants is repentance, healing, and restoration, not casual observers and giddy critics to addicted failure porn. Malachi is the one who gave me that expression, by the way. So that we can justify our non-Christ-like feelings and emotions. We love to share it and to assume many things. Then he makes this point. Truth is our ally, and we must pursue it with patience and no bias. Not the version we want, but the version of truth and wisdom that identifies reality. Good or bad, we must seek truth and appropriate and an appropriate response to it. And then he says, what I know is this. I will be in the prayer room at IHOPKC this week, just like every other week. It's my calling. Mike Bickle is my friend. Night and day prayer will continue. The presence of the Lord is still there. What is hidden will be made known. The faith family of IHOPKC and Forerunner Church which is the name of the local church that's uh, located there at the ministry. They all need our prayer. And finally, let me acknowledge the inadequacy of my words and perspective. And he says to the reader, reflect on your own life and draw closer to Jesus. I know I am. I thought what he wrote was so good, I asked if I could read it. I think that going through it, I will tweak it a little bit from my own words. Uh, in my article, I'm going to have the full transcript of what uh, Misty Edwards wrote and also April Rose, uh, so you can read it for yourself. There's a lot online, and um, I commend the leaders at IHOPKC for getting an independent investigator because um, it needs to be something who has no vested interest, not someone who wants to defend Mike Bickle and not someone who wants to remove him from power. But I think that we need to recognize that uh, sometimes there are people with their own agendas who, who for whatever reason, uh, sometimes just a disagreement will um, get it in for a leader. I have heard something say about Mike Bickle is abusive and uses his uh, influence and his position in an abusive way. Again, let me say, I have never seen that. But I do know that any strong leader is subject to those kind of charges. Uh, there is a well-known Christian leader who's now in heaven, uh, and I used to... Uh, I had a pretty good relationship with him, but I used to hear people who absolutely hated this man and said the most vile things about him. And as I dug into it a little bit, I found that these were people who had their own agenda. They negotiated with this man, and they lost in negotiation. And they, they were just mad, and they were hateful. And I learned that early in my career, and people who are fired, who, who don't get what they want, will often become very, very vindictive. I mean, I know that from personal experience. And we have to understand that just because someone says that they're an abusive leader does not mean that that's true. 
I'll throw this out. Uh, there was a somewhat similar situation with Mark Driscoll um, up in, at Mars Hills Church up in Seattle. Uh, he built a great ministry. He was always a little bit um, uh, uh, controversial. He sometimes said some things that were kind of off the wall, but he built a great ministry. He, he was a real kind of man's man. Uh, men related to him. His church had a higher percent of males than most churches because he was kind of a man's man. But then uh, it got to a point where some of the, the, his own uh, staff pastors felt that he should go in a different direction with the ministry of the church, and they started putting all kinds of charges, mostly that he was spiritually abusive and... I published a couple of books with him, and before we published the books, we looked into it because we didn't want to get involved, and it, it seemed to be a power play. He ended up resigning and moving to Phoenix where he started over and building a great ministry. I've been out there. He is also still controversial. He's still got his haters out there on the Internet. But in that instance, I personally found that it, it, was, it was a power struggle, and unfortunately, these happen in churches all the time. My own father-in-law, the late Harvey Farrell, in the 1960s, uh, got into a, um, a very serious car wreck, and he was out of commission for several months while he healed. During that time, one of the deacons wanted him kicked out of the church. Now, he later recovered, and he resumed his pastoral roles, but it was nasty. Of course, this was long before I was in the family, but there are a couple of my in-laws, two in particular, who are not really walking with the Lord today. Actually, one of them's in, he in heaven now. Well, let me say this. He's dead, but he was not a strong Christian, and he was very, very bitter most of his life because of, of that church split kind of situation. He saw what happened to his father. There were other siblings who came through it just fine. At the end of the day, if the truth comes out, I believe that the people there at uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Forerunner Church, will come through it. Most of us have gone through something. When I was in my 20s, I, went, I had to live through a horrible thing where the pastor had to step down for immorality, and in that case, it was true. And in some ways, that church has never really recovered. And there are still people here in Orlando who are, you know, they're still serving Jesus the best they can, but they're hurt. I hope and pray that that does not happen. There's a lot at stake here. And, uh, you know, on one hand, I'm trying to defend my friend, to the, and I'll say it again, to the extent of giving him the benefit of the doubt. Even in a court of law, someone is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, this is not in a court of law. Thank God the government's not involved. But it is kind of in the court of public opinion. And there are a lot of... Christian people piling on, people who already didn't like Mike Bickle or didn't like his emphasis on prophecy or on, on uh, revelation or whatever it is, people who thought that it's cultish to pray 24-7 or whatever. I mean, you can go on the internet and see a lot of stuff. Mike has weathered all that. This is in a different category. And I'm grateful to the leaders at IHOPKC who are handling this, in the, I'm sure, in the best way they can. 
if you're watching this, I want to just say personally that I respect you and admire you, but also I am not willing to jump to judgment uh, that Mike Bickle is guilty. I believe that there's more to the story than that. I'm eager to see how this investigation comes out. I think it's important that the ministry have full disclosure uh, and that it really is fair. Uh, Mike Bickle apparently is not going to defend himself. He's never defended himself, even when that movie called The Cessationist came out like a month or so ago. I asked him, I said, would you like to be on my podcast and just discuss the thing that he said and just you know tell your side of it? These are people who believe that the gifts ceased with the death of the last apostle, who is Apostle John. Um, and so people, they would, you know, they're against people like me and certainly people like Mike Bickle, who, who is so high profile. He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to defend himself. Of course, these things had not come up at that time. So in summary, I hope whoever's watching that you'll share this with others. I know there's a lot of interest in this subject. Um, you know, of course, we're going to promote it on our website, not for promotion's sake, but because it's important. This is the first time that I've spoken out about it personally. Before, I, as you know, if you uh, watch the Strang Report, I played what Dr. Michael Brown said. Now, he... He also doesn't know if this is true or not, but he talked about when these situations are true, how they should be dealt with spiritually. And I agree with him, so I asked him, partly because I did not know what to think. I had not had a time to reach out to people to see what they uh, said and so forth. So in the minute or so that I have left, I want to pray. And uh, each of us needs to pray and we need to pray not only for Mike Bickle, but we need to pray for the, the people who've been identified as victims, for the leaders there, for the many people who follow that ministry online around the world. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, my prayer is that all things work together for good. Even, Lord, if it's to remind us that the enemy is going to attack in any way he can and that we all must live uprightly, even avoiding the appearance of the evil. We must also walk humbly. I, uh, I have known Mike to walk humbly over the years, and I pray, Lord, that you give him strength to continue to walk humbly. Give the leaders of that ministry wisdom. Give the, the investigators that they bring in, give them wisdom. And, Lord, somehow can you be glorified through what has happened. We just pray this in the name of Jesus. Uh, let me just close with this, that uh, if you don't subscribe to the Strang Report, I'm starting to uh, post more Strang Reports. Yesterday, uh, I'm live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern time, but yesterday I put on Jim Gall's uh, podcast. I'm getting more. I'm going to even start doing some uh, uh, cell phone kind of podcast in between trying to connect with you. So if you don't subscribe, do so. Hit the little bell so you're notified when I'm online. And share this with other people. There aren't that many people that are media that's really reporting it. Mine is really not a report as it is my own opinion. I'm opining. 
but I have lots and lots of history with this ministry, lots of history with Mike Bickle and Diane Bickle, uh, and uh, I love them. I hope that it's not true, but I also hope and pray that the truth come out. We've got to believe that. We believe that the truth will come out. Thank you for watching the Strang Report today on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you.